0: You're listening to Vonde Radio. It is January the 18th, the Feast of St. Prisca in the year of our Lord, 2023. And I am honored to be joined once again by Dr. Thaddeus Kaczynski. Dr. Kaczynski, welcome back once again to Vonde Radio. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, um, I really enjoyed our previous discussions. In our last interview, we covered quite a lot of ground, uh, touched on a number of topics. The ongoing proliferation of false narratives in the interests of power, the revelation of the method phenomena, the sort of dark liturgy of counterfeit events, and this concurrent treason on the part of many who should be uh, Catholic leaders, both laity and clergy. I'd also like to mention that Dr. Thaddeus Kaczynski writes a substack, Clemmy, and we will be discussing a number of his recent articles. The tagline of your substack is, Deconstructing Propaganda to the Glory of God and for the Salvation of Souls. Dr. Kaczynski is also the author of Modernity as Apocalypse, Sa- Sacred Nihilism and the Counterfeits of Logos, which we've discussed before, and is working on a forthcoming book antichrist rising the pandemic and the age of unreality which which we look forward to as probably the the first integrally catholic treatment of the pseudo pandemic that uh, that we've seen i think is very much needed as we as we come out of this seemingly we come out of this consequential period that we've lived through i guess one way to look at the pseudo pandemic is as a kind of trauma, everything that accompanied it the, the fear, propaganda, the hysteria, all of the, the media, a frothing that was designed to traumatize the population. And then the subsequent so called solution that was offered, courtesy of Big Pharma, in the form of an experimental mRNA injection. And I think the thing about trauma is that it can only come in waves. There has to be a resting point eventually so that the trauma can sink in and allow consciousness to reform and to settle the subject to prepare them for the next wave of terror. And perhaps I think that's that's where we are now at the beginning of 2023. But uh, maybe we can start there. Where are we now at the beginning of 2023? How do you see things? Yeah,
1: um, you're right. This is I mean certainly this is just the pause uh, in the in the in the deliberate uh, mass trauma and uh, just as the pandemic the pandemic was unpredictable the next one um, I think will be you know even perhaps even more unpredictable although it does seem like it is related it's going to be related to more of the um, technological uh, totalitarianism, Um, building on what's just happened, the, uh, central bank digital, um, money and, uh, something to do with the climate, uh, fake climate change. And, um, perhaps another, another, uh, medical, um, I have a guy, uh, landscaping right next to my car, just, just, he's like right next to my car right now. So, uh, I guess we're being attacked. Okay. <laughs> I closed my windows. So maybe you can't hear them. Um, I hope, hopefully not good. Um, but um, yeah, like I said, it, it might be another virus. Uh, you know, I think there's been rumblings about that um, from Gates and Schwab. Uh, so, and I don't think, I, I think it, it's interesting. There are people who are uh, still in, the, the throes of the of the trauma of the pandemic and will never get out it seems to me um but you know it, it's hard i mean there are a lot of people uh a good number who are speculating about the next one um i try not to do that i i can't take it psychologically uh, and emotionally, unless there's something I can do particularly to about it to prevent damage and to, and to uh, acquire a certain amount of safety and freedom, there's not much I know I can do at this point. And um, I really don't think there isn't much one can do in that area. I mean, you could do the common sense things of prepping, but I, I think one has to be prepared psychologically and spiritually. I think that's the most important thing um, in addition to financially. Um, so... Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Um, but I am, I am. I mean, I I guess a hundred percent sure that it's not over. Um, and uh, I really can't say whether these people will be brought to justice. I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I thought that there was some uh, plan that way with Reiner Fulmic and the grand jury, and that seems to not be going anywhere. Um, and there are some heroic, uh, you know, thought leaders who are talking about criminal charges against. Pfizer and the like, um, but it, it's hard for me to see how that would happen, um, because there has to be a certain amount of um, authority figures who are willing to uh, risk their lives to bring these people to judgment, and so it's not only a matter of knowing how bad things are, I mean, obviously, the, 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 I think the I think the, the COVID lies, especially the, the uh, bioweapon, uh, injection, I, I think it's becoming more and more apparent. And I don't know what the response is going to be of the billions who've been injected to the sort of inescapable realization that they're kind of walking time bombs. Um, I, I can't imagine that. that that's unprecedented in, 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 in human history that, that something like that would be. And it's hard to say what the emotional uh, collective consciousness of that is going to entail and, and re- result in. Uh, it could be anything from a kind of mass uh, chaos to extreme rage and violence, or it could just be a kind of um, perpetual gaslighting operation to keep avoiding the truth. Um, so yeah, I um, I, I do j- just to kind of bridge this to the topic. Um, I mean, I, I guess to me the the only way that we're going to ever avoid um, and mitigate and solve this problem of totalitarianism is if those with authority the highest authorities and that doesn't just mean those with political power but i mean those who are in authority over the culture and first and foremost those in authority in the catholic culture as far as you can call it that these days but those within circles of traditional orthodox catholicism You know, if we don't have our um, integrity and if we're not doing our part uh, in the spiritual warfare, if we have uh, either cowards or traitors in the midst of us or just simply um, ignorant, brainwashed, or conditioned um, status quo intellectuals, I think uh, it's really going to be the worst off for the world as well as the church. And so that, that's what I kind of wanted to talk about is is this problem of, and, and I consider myself uh, also someone who is not completely um, integrated in a sense that I can't be uh, because of what we're dealing with, but I am finding, you know, those who should know better and who could do good or not, and are actually doing worse by being complicit in murderous lies. And there doesn't seem to be enough of a conscience about this, enough of a, uh, you know, um, outrage at this among fellow catholics the kind of compromises and complicity that so many are engaged in um and i have my own experience of this uh for many years so yeah i wanted to talk about that issue and 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 and, and, and i mean to me that that's the most important thing to get right and to, that's the most important um uh evil that we have to you know I mean, it's it, on the one hand you have treasonous bishops. We all know that a treasonous uh, uh, person who is is at the helm of the church at at this point, Bergoglio, and that sort of and treasonous clergy. Okay, we've seen that in the pandemic when they shut down the churches. But what about all those? And we have the progressives uh, in the church, the leftists, and I don't even count them as fellow believers. They're just, they're just hypocrites, godless uh, commissars of, for the regime. There's no, no doubt about that. But what about those who should know better? Those on the right, the conservatives, the traditional Catholics, those with a high level of um, liberal education and, and good philosophy and theology and who have perches of, of some authority and power. Uh, and who do tell the truth on a lot of things, but who seem to dra- have dropped the ball uh, on on issues dealing with uh, the deep, the really deep, the deepest state, you might say, and uh, of course, the pandemic and especially the bioweapon shot. So I don't know that that's something I've been writing about for a while and uh, would love to get your thoughts on it as well.
0: Well, for the world to be Catholic, first of all, Catholics need to be Catholic. And uh, you're quite right, that, that does need to be our starting point. You wrote a Substack article, with Catholic Academic as Court Sophist, in December last year. And it's basically responding to the system noticing, taking notice of you, Dr. Kaczynski. Um, I think that when you're at a certain level of prominence the system doesn't take notice and you can sort of fly under the radar. But with a certain degree of of, of public recognition, the eye of Sauron turns on you. <laughs> and uh, yeah. in your case, that came in the form of an Oxford uh, Catholic academic who wrote in a... Uh, what was the name of the the academic journal where he... Nova Edvaterra. Reviewed- Nova Edvaterra. Nova and he was reviewing your... Pre pseudo pandemic work, uh, modernity as apocalypse, two thousand and nineteen, and and maybe you could outline for the listeners the kind of uh, distortions and sort of fallacies that he engages in in order to try and to try and mute your voice and disqualify you from public discourse.
1: Yeah, so part of my book reads like a you know, a basic kind of academic treatment of modernity and liberalism that we've seen in the writings of great Catholic thinkers like DC Schindler and Michael Hamby and William Kavanaugh, Um, and, and that part he was okay with because I was sort of within the bounds of legitimate discourse, even if I was more fiery than these guys a little bit in my condemnation of liberalism and, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was at least academic um, and sophisticated enough to catch his interest, enough to that he would review it in this sort of prestigious theological journal of the kind of orthodox Catholicism, more like it's more of the Ressource Mont theology and communio, but it's on the right, you might say. It's not liberal or leftist. Um, and so, you know, the first part of the review was was pretty laudatory and um, standard fare, but then that was all a lead up to um, his kind of embarrassment that so many um, great Catholic thinkers had written blurbs for this book, but probably hadn't read all of it, especially the second half or the second or the third third of it, where I take on. Um, The Deep State, where where I talk about the war on terror as a war of terror, where I talk about political correctness on the right in relation to Americanism and Zionism, and where I allude to the possibility of there being um, deep propaganda with regard to things like 9-11, the war on terror, and where I took to task Alistair McIntyre in a speech he gave at notre dame several years ago where he was calling for the state as it is not his ideal kind of uh tradition constituted small communities of fishermen and orchestra members but the modern state to um mandate vaccines and because because science and basically saying that those who would um Those anti-vaxxers who would question the science should be dealt with uh, as, uh, you know, dangerous to the the common good of public health. This was pre-pandemic, McIntyre wrote this. And I took him to task in an essay that was published, The Imaginative Conservative, on this. And I was basically saying this is extremely dangerous to promote this. What if the science were compromised by big pharma? And, and this was at a time where it wasn't that evident, right? It was evident to some, like, like RFK Jr., who, who knew about this already. Um, but anyway, that essay was considered a conspiracy theory by this reviewer. In other words, paranoid, uninformed, um, fundamentalist, and basically a sign of a kind of intellectual disintegrity and mental uh, problems. I mean, that's how he depicted me at this point. Mm-hmm. And he expressed his embarrassment for these these blurb writers who were fooled by my academic uh, writing and analysis and didn't realize that I was actually one of those Alex Jones types. And and this I mean I'm not even really distorting what, the way the, the 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 way he wrote. I mean this is really how he th- this is the level of um, cancel cancellation and ad hominem and just ridiculous talking points uh that he gave and so well you know i was flattered that my book made it to this journal and i wasn't that surprised i was i've been waiting for this for for someone to like take me to task mostly it's been ignored they they've just ignored this aspect of the book Um, but this guy took it yeah this guy took it on and he made a fool out of himself, obviously, to anyone who knows anything about. And, you know, to have this attitude at, at this time, almost three years into the into the pandemic, I can understand maybe five years ago. But when things are coming out, when when the conspiracy theorists have been proven right over and over again, I mean, the guy's like, uh, what world is he living in? Well, he's living in the world of the um, Catholic conservative uh, academic at or at Oxford um, where you still have this kind of ridiculous um, regime like propaganda against truth tellers. And the reason why I think he uh, deigned to respond to me, one of these, I mean, he wouldn't respond to Alex Jones or, um, you know, uh, RFK jr or um you know whatever some other popular truth teller um the reason why he responded is because i think that because i had some street cred in the upper level academic circles of catholic intelligentsia um i think i was a threat with this because if somebody who thinks so well And with such uh, erudition, sophistication about, you know, theological, philosophical and cultural issues, if somebody like me could could um, could think this way about these events, um, maybe maybe it's pricked his conscience a bit or or maybe he uh, knee jerk in a knee jerk way saw me as a kind of real threat to the to the ruling class. I don't know. I'm not sure where he's coming from exactly. But um, it really is, you know, common, right? I mean, I've had this happen before where I, in in certain institutions I've been in, where I took some issue with theistic evolution, for instance, where I took some issue with um, Zionism, and where I took some issue with uh, the possibility that certain events um, and certain narratives of 20th century were not quite what, you know, we think they are. And uh, I was given a lot of the same smirking, um, uh, condescending, and even hostile attitude. You know, we Catholic intellectuals are above these populist, you know, uh, fundamentalists. You know, we, we can't associate ourselves with these people. If something Alex Jones says, um, claims, uh, is true, it, it can't, we can't sort of... Unless we figure it out, you know, we, we can't give him the credit because you know we, we we're, we're the ones who know. You know, if there was a deep state conspiracy, we'd be the first to know. So the fact that we don't think there is about nine eleven, in World War Two, that some things in World War Two, uh, in pharmaceutical corruption of science, uh, of in in evolutionary propaganda, <laughs> whatever it is, if we don't think it, then. Who's going to tell us? Who's going to teach us? We're the ones who teach. We don't listen to these people. And I think there's there's a variety of reasons for this kind of, um, you know, basically uh, lack of intellectual integrity. And the first mm-hmm. and foremost is pride, uh, elitism, um, kind of the idea that people with IQs don't, don't, you know, don't associate with these people, people with high IQs, you know, um, they're not part of the club. And um, that to me is something a Catholic intellectual should be absolutely uh, have no truck with. I mean, I can see secular intellectuals with this, but if you're a Catholic philosopher, theologian, your first virtue is humility and openness and service. And if that means telling the truth about a regime that is corrupting billions of people and corrupting the church and working to corrupt the church you're the you're the um you're the front guard of the church you should be fighting this using your redoubtable intellectual skills and privileged education not using it as a prop (laughs) for your perch and it just seems so obvious to me that if you're going to become this if this is your vocation that's just what you have to do Instead it's the extreme minority person who uh, who does this. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, for myself, I can't see it doing it any other way. It's just, it's just not worth it. Um, It's not worth it to sell your soul for an academic uh, reputation. And I don't know. So that's, that's what happened with this review. And um, I sent him a note about this and I took him the task. Of course I got no response. Um, you know
0: well it's a grace to take a stand for truth corresponding to a grace and anti-christian regimes always have their court sophists and when i read that review article that's exactly what it seemed like to me it was a police action it was it was a, a commissar you mentioned earlier patrolling the boundaries of official discourse and making sure that that overton window of of narratives was maintained and that right. people couldn't look beyond that and right. this particular doctoral student i'm sure i would imagine is is simply signalling to the regime for his future career advancement that he has taken that police action in the course of his you know budding academic career and has kind of played his part on the team and this is something that i've discussed with a number of guests is that the kind of methodologies and mechanisms of control that the oligarchs utilize are not as probably as formalized and as explicit as people might be given to believe so much of it is tacit and implicit now perhaps there are people who are literally driven to the rothschild mansion and given instructions (laughs) about where to infiltrate and what to say and what lies to disseminate and so on, but I think it's more tacit than that. I think from my exposure to those kind of environments, you just get a a certain sense in the ambience about what you can and can't say. And being an ambitious young doctoral student, you you want to align with that if you want, you know, it beats working in a factory. And you and you want to um, maintain your position within that particular truth regime. And this, this kind of attitude, this posture, which I see among many traditional Catholics as well, is a consequence of the sad transformation of religion that modernity has wrought, whereby the faith is seen as a part of life rather than the form within which the whole of life unfolds. Yeah, uh, yeah And thus yeah. it can be uh, subordinated to the interests of power, powerful wills. And this leads on to another article that you wrote on uh, 2022, The Death of Truth, uh, published on January the 1st, a retrospective on the year that was. And in there, you started by writing about Plato's thought and its catalytic consequences. And then you you wrote the following paragraph, if you'll permit me to, uh, to quote you, Dr. Kaczynski. You wrote... The Enlightenment revolted against Plato and the Aristotelian tradition that followed him, not by rejecting truth altogether, by replacing a theologically and metaphysically grounded, measured and justified truth open to transcendence and divine reality with science and reason, meaning in practice the willful rejection of the truth of divine revelation and the reduction of reality to only what can be known by empirical experiment and thus manipulated for the pleasure and power of men. But the word truth still meant what it meant to Plato, conformity to reality. It was just that the official paradigm of reality had been reduced to pure imminence. In post-modernity, truth was indeed put in square in scare quotes, replaced by narrative or better narratives. That is the stories that individuals and cultures tell themselves for reasons necessarily other than their truth value. Permitting no overarching meta-narratives, the possibility of objective truth about religion, arts, ethics, and even science was officially denied, but it was applied quite selectively, with the uber-truth of postmodernism itself accepted as true, period, along with certain self-evident ideologies such as liberalism, Marxism, natu- naturalism, scientism, progressivism, and secularism, end quote. So I, I, that sort of struck me as perhaps offering a bit of an interpretive key as to why these, particularly these sort of conservative Catholic intellectuals still adhere to various narratives promulgated by the anti-Christian regime. And that being that they still have this kind of conceit that we inhabit modernity. And so there's this kind of a priori belief that that, public authorities are of goodwill. And so that when they say that there's a pandemic, there is actually a pandemic. And when they say that they've developed a vaccine, which is going to prevent transmission and prevent the the dangers from this virus, they then believe that. And this kind of a priori acceptance of what they're saying at face value, even though they condemn these people for promoting child sacrifice and sodomy and all the other uh right. since uh yeah. that they're engaged in but there's this idea that they still they still are of goodwill with regard to these you know public health for example and for me it seems that they haven't accepted that we're within post-modernity now and that there's a political economy in the interests of power behind science behind economics behind media behind government narratives all these other elements and so it's it's like it's it's what some people have called the boomer truth regime the you know this idea that we're still living in our grandfather's world
1: yeah that's great very well put you know it's it's um it reminds me of david hume's argument against miracles like the reason why one shouldn't believe in miracles because it's because a priori the the chances of a miracle happening are uh, is you know by definition much less than the possibility of of um, the the people not lying about it. You know, in other words, that the, you should always think that there's some kind of deception going on, or even self deception, because that is you know, a priori by definition much more believable than a miracle, and that's his argument. You know. <laughs> And it, it, it's similar to, it's analogous to, you know, when I, fir- when, you first, when I first brought up the possibility that we were lied to on 9-11, right? You know what the typical response was, right, from the, the intelligent, educated person. You know, the possibility of such a conspiracy, what that would take for them to have pulled that off, okay, it's impossible by definition that it could happen. So it didn't happen. And the same with the pandemic. okay? The, the, the most you'll get from these people is that their mistakes were made. Or, oh, you know, yes, they wanted profit, so they didn't do enough tests, so, you know, somebody was making money. They put it into these categories that um, are conducive to and, and, and well within their plausibility structure. Um, and that plausibility structure has been shaped by their education, their conditioning, and their—you um, know, th- their, their very successes. Because I-, I think this is really oops, this is really what it comes down to: um, is those who are those who kind of made it into some level, level level levers of authority, some some kind of uh, bracket of um, prestige and elitism, namely. Those with P.A.T.S. Who, who teach college and write articles and books um, in the Catholic subculture—the very reason they were successful—is because of their adherence to, um, you know, tacit assumptions, status quo opinions. Um, in other words, they—they're good at these people are good at success. They're good at pleasing the people and—and. And, fulfilling the expectations of those who will grant them access. Now, some people have done this without much compromise, maybe. Um, it's hard, it's difficult, but it's extremely rare to find anyone who's made it um, who hasn't in some way been conditioned to think in certain ways that are not accurate to reality for, for the, you know the reasons you suggest. And, you know... And it doesn't help. It doesn't help you to be raised in Catholic institutions. I mean, it should help you, but some of these Catholic institutions are the very ones that are uh, most complicit, to a certain extent, in um, covering up or, you know, mitigating and and poo-pooing, um, you know, the the real truth about the situation we're in. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, sociological problem. You might say it's a psychological problem. Um, and it's, it's really hard to solve it because if you happen to be a whistleblower, you might say within, within these circles, you don't have any power. The, The minute you, you speak up and confront and act as a kind of conscience and a Socratic, uh, you know, gadfly, uh, in, in, in that milieu, you're canceled, you're slandered, um, and you're basically, uh, you know, put out of action, you're neutralized. And so I don't see how you can solve it really from within. Um, but I do, I do agree that, uh, yeah, people don't realize the situation we're in. And here's the thing, you know, if you're a philosopher, the fir- first and foremost, you have to be ready to have your presuppositions, attitudes, um, assumptions blown up, at least questioned, but at best blown up. So for instance, somebody says, it's impossible for there to be the planning, the cooperation, the, uh, you know, uh, how-, how could they have pulled off? a crime in plain sight like 9-11 H- how could it be that the that they lied about it in the way you say and somebody would have come out come out and talk by now I mean, come on i mean it's impossible nobody nobody could have you know could have kept the secret well they did it with jfk and a lot of people admit that now maybe it took 40 years for people to, ready to admit a and maybe more people are ready to admit 9-11 now but here's the thing all you have to do okay okay, Mr. Intellectual, I take your point. You have, some, you have a point there. You're right. It would be difficult. But let me show you something. And you show them a building coming down where there's explosions on the floors, like way below the point of impact, whereas mass amounts of steel are being shot out of the windows, okay, and it's turning to dust. And it wasn't hit by a plane, actually, Building 7. And you just show them that. Now, if you're a philosopher and you're interested in truth, this should break open your um, your paradigm. You should say, you know, it's harder for me to believe that this could have been brought down by those planes and not, and not uh, bombs. It's even harder for me to believe that than to believe that this could have been a, a conspiracy theory with coordination. This, this takes decay. cake. I can't believe this was anything other than explosions. Okay, well, that, now it's your job to believe that and see what it does in your paradigm. It should destroy it and it should, it, should, it should point you to a new way of thinking. And did that happen to people? How many did that happen to? It happened to the ordinary guy, ordinary guy on the street, the ordinary working class guy saw that and go, oh, okay. But the intellectual with all that critical thinking ability and analytical training and ability to interpret phenomena and perceptions. The irony is, and a person with the sacraments and the grace of goodwill and love of truth, it's that person who didn't see it or wouldn't see it. Um, And it's that person who, if they did see it and, and, and wanted to see it and then spoke about it, maybe even obliquely to protect their reputation, but at least was open to it, how much good would they have done in the church somebody with uh, that that amount of authority and that's the scandal that's the trees that I'm talking about and that's the power of the conditioning mm. you know and all this goes even more for the pandemic you know the
0: same argument you mentioned that didn't can't see it or won't see it and this is yeah. increasingly where my meditations and and thought and study is going Mm. and and going deeper and and starting to think about worship Uh starting to think about what do people give the that so aquinas says that the intellect precedes the will okay that's true i mean he says that Obviously, for a, for the intellect to assent to a proposition, sorry, for the will to ex, to to choose something, the intellect has to present the object to it. But there's a certain sense in which the will seems to permit the intellect whether to consider yes. a proposition or not. And I think this is something, for example, people cast skepticism over the sincerity. Of the conversion of King Clovis, uh, of his army uh, and many pagan barbarian people in the in the early Middle Ages, uh, or indeed in in the late Roman Empire, but I think this is a, a kind of phenomenon in the other direction, where you see that once people see that something is has received elite approval then they permit themselves to consider the possibility that the divine revelation as transmitted by the success of the apostles might be true. So those aren't, those aren't insincere conversions. It's just at that point, it's become socially acceptable. Um, And so something like this might be happening in the reverse. And this is, this also touches on revelation, the method whereby, But but by the way, that that's how it works always. I mean, it's always the elites who have to be the
1: ones to, to really believe it, and then everyone else follows. That's just part of the yeah. hierarchy of authority. That's why the Pharisees were so evil, because th- what they were doing was preventing um, the people from, from believing Jesus by their very authority, and that's why Jesus had to try to discredit them, uh, because they knew that if they, if they didn't buy it, the people wouldn't. I mean, I think, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, I just think that's such an important point. That's never gone away.
0: Yeah,
1: it's the way it works.
0: Yeah, yeah. We are mimetic creatures, and we imitate those we admire. And yes, we are hierarchical, and egalitarianism is a big lie. And uh, we we follow the herd, which is which is led by determined minorities. That's right, uh, always. Um, and so, I, I think that, for example, with with regard to revelation and the method and predictive programming, uh, a friend of mine who I hope to have on in a future broadcast was talking about how if somebody sees something and then they choose to unsee it, to remove it from, you know, any sort of cogitation or any, any, any thought from their intellect, that act is itself a form of worship uh, mm. because it is, it is putting, the the interests of the powerful will above reality. Mm-hmm. You've written very eloquently about this retreat from the Platonic forms, and your book is about the war on reality. And so I, I see something else, something very dark forming here, with this willful ignorance, with this 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 kind of uh, willful refusal to this this epistemic nihilism yeah. Yeah. um yeah. Oh, no. which which constitutes a form of antichrist worship basically yes and it, it again it's very gerardian as you touched on it's a way of procuring a social unity as well and that i think is is what is aborning now and in my opinion the religion it is replacing is nationalism yeah was, yeah and and the, and the you could say the right wing is still trying to sort of mobilize adherence behind that but but there's wow. something else kind of growing now some people call it the the egregore which yeah, is uh, I see that. yeah which, which is an occult term this this idea of the hive mind this kind of mass consciousness where people are being given over to deceptions and this obviously ties into the book of rev book of um revelation the apocalypse about preferring deceptions pharmakeia over the truth of, of, of Almighty God.
1: It's preferring, it's not, it's preferring deception as deception. Mm-hmm. In, in yeah. other words, it's, it's not that they're tricked and they believe what they've been tricked into. That doesn't sound too bad. They're tricked, okay? Maybe, they, maybe they're a little gullible or they should have done more thinking. This is much worse than that, right? Yeah. I mean, just think of the epithet that was given to um, people called truthers. You're a truther. Just think about that for a second. That's a a derogatory term now, a truther. In other words, you're someone who thinks that the truth is the most important. Um, That's ridiculous. Um, Now, they won't come out and say what they think is the most important. What they they basically think is that truth is the opinion of the powerful. That's how it's been redefined. Um, it, it remind what you said reminds me of, uh, Joseph Pieper's definition of unbelief, which really struck me when I read it. I think it's in his faith, hope, and love book. Um, I always thought of the sin of disbelief as you don't believe in the truths of revelation and God, fine. You should believe them because it's humble to do so. And there's probably something wrong with you that you don't believe them. The point is you don't believe them and there's something wrong with you and it's sin. Okay. that's like, I didn't really have this. The, the real understanding of this Joseph Pieper says The sin of unbelief Is knowing Full well that what's being uh, Revealed is is from God and that you are Obliged to believe it and that it's true And then rejecting It Yeah. So this is more like Ivan Karamazov um, His problem um, This isn't your typical unbeliever This is you know oh, this comes from God and I'm supposed to believe it? I won't. And that to me is what you're talking about. Um, I can imagine, I mean, I, I've, I've written about this too. Somebody said something like, even if it turns out about 9-11, even if it turns out you're right, I still wouldn't believe it. Um, and you find this with people, like I'll talk to somebody in the supermarket, I'll say, why are you wearing the mask? And they'll give me this, you know, because I, I I want to, I like, you do know that it doesn't protect you. And some of them will say it does, but some of them will kind of admit that it doesn't really do anything. And they still wear it because it's true to wear it. Like whatever it's, it's, it's their God now. I mean, it's part of, it's the sacramental of their new religion, which precisely is one in which there's something better than truth. There's something more worthy of worship. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's power. It's my will. In other words, um, if I had to submit to truth, then I'm not powerful. I'm not as powerful as I could be if I didn't. So what if I purposely don't submit to truth um, and that gives me more freedom or it it makes me higher than God? I'm higher than the truth? I mean, truth is something that for slaves, I mean, it's Nietzsche, isn't it? I mean, it really is. There's this sort of like full flowering of Nietzschean culture, Foucaultian culture. It's Foucaultian It's Foucault. And I I do agree that it's it's getting to the point now where um you can confront someone. I mean, you can confront someone on this and I think it's getting more clear that yes, I am I I don't care what you're saying about what you're saying in terms of its truth. I don't care. So it's not as if you need to go and convince people of the amount of people dying of the shot or the uselessness of masks or the agenda behind it all. They don't care because there's something more important that they're worshiping than all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is being, that's sort of the walking damned at that point when, when you're at that level and I guess I've been meditating on this. How do you get to people in that state? Um, if, if that's where we're going now, if that's where we're, we're almost there and we're getting there quicker and, and more intensely to this kind of willful, like you say, rejection of what the intellect presents to the will as true, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm at a loss. I, I think dialogue with people like this is is at best useless, at worst, dangerous. Um, but I guess, coming back to our original theme, what, what about the ones who really should know better? Or, or what about the ones who, who don't do this in some areas of truth, but do it in these other areas? They're the compartmentalized academics. I mean, I think they could still be reached. Um, and yeah, I'm at a loss too, though, with that as well, because I've never had much success. Uh, no matter how I frame the issue, no matter how nice I am and winsome and <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter or how hard I am in attacking. I just, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's it's, it's extremely difficult thing. And um, it, it is, it, it is a kind of getting back to your title. Isn't this the def the very definition of treason. It's a treason against not so much other people, but it is that, but it's a treason treason against, the authority of truth the obligation you have to kind of care for the truth um and it's a it's a it's a treason that has become a contagion a mimetic thing i mean you're right it's 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 uh it's a it's it's a contagion of treason yeah it's treason
0: because idolatry
1: I, d- d- those two go together. I think they must. D- do they always have to go, or is this a new kind of treason because of the idolatry? Is that what you're saying? It's like a
0: another level. No, I th- I think they go together. I think these are sins against the first commandment. I'm not pointing fingers specifically at particular people, but I'm saying this general, yeah, um, this general egregore, if you want to call it that, that mm. people are sort of attaching themselves to on the compartmentalization that you mentioned i think this is why the enemies of the church have proceeded in a dialectical fashion mm. because by conti- by allowing and sort of furnishing a a right wing side you could say to this they give people space to compartmentalize yeah and allow them to to retain some form of of Christian profession and identity and commitment while still being steadily assimilated in the direction of antichrist. And I think, I, I think that's where it's genius. I mean, we we could, I, I don't know how you're doing for time. Uh, Dr. We,
1: we, we could talk a little longer.
0: Maybe we could talk about this growing consciousness in some quarters about people that die suddenly uh, we yeah. might say and your other article about Ron Uns. and I've noticed that this is this is sort of percolating now more and more into through independent media through more uh, dissident right media now into mainstream right media and even into fully made regime media like the BBC. Uh, recently the The sort of centre-right Daily Telegraph carried an article about excess deaths and also asked the question, even dared to ask the question, about any connection with the experimental injections. Then the BBC has been talking about how the NHS has been told, according to new advice, to consider the need for statins among millions of people for 15 million more people. So there's this, again, this kind of winking revelation to people about this connection while there's still the left wing side, which are doubling down will never ever permit any kind of connection to be drawn. Yeah. We've had a member of parliament named Andrew Bridgen getting publicity for making a statement in the houses of commons. That was good. Calling for an end for public vaccination. And he Uh, was called
1: an anti-Semite and a conspiracy theorist. (laughs)
0: Yes. for that. They so they they made use of the sacred narratives there in 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 attacking a threat. But uh, you know, a credit where it's due, if it's sincere, I don't know, but 2 years ago he was he was out there telling people to get the jab. So I'm I'm a little bit I'm I'm sus I'm a little bit suspect towards a lot of these extreme right figures now talking about this because it is a fate complete. Ultimately the regime got its win at least partially in getting that serum into however many billion yeah. people. And so after 2 years of coercing and intimidating this stuff now it's coming out. I mean wh- why is that? How is it how is it being allowed to to be talked about or even go viral on on social media? I mean I even saw a ridiculous thing the other day I don't know if you saw this Moderna are talking about making a post heart attack vaccine.
1: Yep, I did see um, that. <laughs>
0: that revascularizes uh, the heart and strengthens people's heart arteries. Um, I mean, if this isn't, again, some kind of sick joke, um, a revelation of the method going on.
1: Right. Oh, it certainly is. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I when, when people commit idolatry, um, some of them don't know they're doing it and they really don't. And all you have to do is, you know, help them to see. And if they're goodwill, they'll go. Oops, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be doing that. I got tricked. I rather worship the truth, the truth and God. Some people know they're doing it, but they don't think it hurts anyone, and they think it's okay. And maybe they'll give it up later or something. I think God is really upset at idolatry, and He wants people to recognize, um, like Saint John says, "Children, beware of idols." Why does He end His letter that way? Um, there's nothing worse. There's nothing more destructive of your soul, right? That's what Christ came to save us from. Mm-hmm. So God wants to really wake us up to the the unspeakable evil of idolatry. Now, how did, how could he do that? Um, well, he could make it so that when you give in to the idol, somebody dies that you love, maybe, right? That'll wake you up. and And the connection is obvious, too. You really can't deny it. You can, I mean, you can, if you really want to, but, and you know, that happens to certain people, right? Like somebody will have an idolatry of alcohol or drugs and they'll drive their car and kill someone. And you know what? They repent and they give up the drugs. Okay. Because that's it. It's done. And God had to show them. Okay. It reminds me of the, have you seen the movie signs, the Mel Gibson movie? You should see it. Um, there's a uh, a person in the in the in the I don't know if he's a pastor or he's just known as a religious person and he starts to doubt his faith because his wife was killed and he thought it was unjust and he starts to hate god and he's basically giving into an idol of self and you know his own disbelief the minute that happens there's an alien invasion of the whole world and it's about to destroy everybody on the planet and enslave them and he's trying to deal with this alien invasion And it, spoiler alert, that's okay. It it turns out that the only solution is for him to really cry out and recognize that there is a God. And, And that happens because all these coincidences happen at the end and it makes him realize he was wrong. And as soon as he gets his faith back, he's able, he's able to figure out the solution to kill all the aliens. It's water. And they do. And it's a really interesting allegory. You know, it's, you know, when a man lies, he murders a part of the world, right? Um, I think that's from the Talmud, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's true. Um, and this Mel Gibson character um, in the movie, uh, the, the, when, he, when he committed idolatry, the whole world was about to be destroyed. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because people dying suddenly in the street. I just saw an eight-year-old from Brazil drop dead. Uh, running they, they actually showed him it was a security camera running like playing and just dropped dead his heart completely stopped I and mean, you could tell there was no protecting himself he fell instantly to the ground um, dead before he hit the ground and I mean I was really struck by this and, and depressed and I thought to myself okay when you put a mask on and when you, when you, when you like smirk and smile and think you're great, and wear that mask, there's a Brazilian kid dead on the ground. You did that. Okay? You did that. And I think that's what God is bringing us to now is, and I don't want him to, but it's sort of like, look, how am I going to get through to you? Okay? This was a lie by the evilest people to ever exist. It's completely Satan ruling you They injected you with a bioweapon and smiled and laughed and told you to take it and made you take it, knowing it would kill you and make you sick and enslave you, and now the people are dropping dead. Um, Can you please stop wearing the mask now? I mean, that, and I just think that's the solution to idolatry. It's It's great suffering where the connection between your idolatry and the evil that you're doing with it is made very blatant. I mean, that's what movie, good stories and movies do, right? Like, so signs I mean, that's a metaphor, right? It's not like aliens are going to invade the world when you doubt your, the truth of God, but you know what? It really is that, like, it's really true. When a man lies, he murders a part of the world. So, in my view, spiritually, I don't know if you think I'm right, but God's allowing more and more of this carnage to be more and more indubitable. Um, not only for the sake of justice, but for mercy. And it's, it's a mystery. I mean, I don't un- understand when I see these people die, I just, is it worth it? God, I want to ask, but you know, he's, he's the boss. Um, but when people then at that point still commit their idolatry and, and gaslight and reject that, that's when I think people are losing their souls. I mean, it's like the, uh, the warning they're being they're given almost a stark chance and if you don't take this one you're you're not going to make it you know
0: yeah yeah dr kaczynski i think that's a, a hopeful note to uh, conclude on
1: uh, let me ask you though i I've, I've 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 expressed this a bit to my wife and others but she she tends to agree do you think i'm right on that what i just said do you, do you sense that that's kind of what what the big picture is like, why God's allowing, like, for instance, the died suddenly a phenomenon now. I mean, do you think I'm on the right track there or am I missing something?
0: So in this time of immense evil, in a time in, in where evil abounds, grace abounds all the more. And I have been personally witnessed to secular worldly people converting being grafted onto the mystical body of Christ as a result of the open falsehoods they see promulgated by those in authority in the last two years. Uh, That will accelerate. So I think in a certain sense, not to be too apocalyptic, but I think in a certain sense, there is this idea of the singularity and that we are being drawn almost inexorably towards the new world order, towards anti-Christendom. Hell on earth, basically. And I, I think that more and more people will detach themselves from that. And that's where God's grace is, um, yeah. is to be gleaned. But his ways are not our ways. And, and I think um, the inevitable consequence of sin is divine wrath. Yes. That sort of follows. And I think that, you know, we've talked about idolatry, but it, it's one part of this anti-trinity of idolatry, sodomy, and usury. Which, which Western man in particular has given himself over to, particularly since the Second World War, and I think that that we are seeing, in a certain sense, the the kind of price for that for that for those child sacrifices in particular for the, for usury for the defrauding of of the worker and so on. So, yeah, I think things are going to get very dramatic, but I do take hope from what you've pointed out that. It's surprising the people that do turn towards he who is truth and those that you would think might should should know better and should should have more fortitude instead give themselves over to the regime. Mm. Um, but God exalts the humble and pulls down the the proud.
1: Yeah, very well said. Well, you confirm that you confirm my intuition there, and you put it really beautifully. That trinity you mentioned, unholy, it's sort it's of a war against reality in every aspect. Yep. The reality of usury is a war against you know, making that which is sterile fruitful, and sodomy making that which is uh, um, supposed to be fruitful sterile. And then, of course, idolatry is a, is a sort of worship and unre- unreality. Um, in itself, choosing unreality over reality. Um, and I I think that the scandemic really kind of somehow encompasses that trinity, and it's just, it's Mm. just, it has it all, you know. Mm. Mm. Um, well, thank you, thank you so much. Um, I, I always get a lot out of talking to you, and um, yeah, let's do it again sometime, and uh, yeah, God be with you.
0: Yeah, God bless you, Dr. Kaczynski. I commend you and salute you for taking your stand and for the your continued writing and witness to the truth. We look forward to your, your continued Substack articles and for your book.